Hello, church family. We are in chapter 15 of Exodus. This is uh, really a, a, a good break between leaving Egypt, crossing Red Sea, and this is really like a beginning, a new beginning for the Israelites. In the last chapter, they went through the Red Sea, a very miraculous event that um, did not happen in a matter of minutes. Just to think about the logistics of two million people moving from one side of the Red Sea to the other. It was an event that took all night for the water to part and then for the Israelites to cross over as the Lord protected the Israelites from the Egyptians as they're coming uh, from behind. And at this point of the um, at this point of the chapter, uh, they're rejoicing, they're singing. In fact, um, I would argue that this is really the first song or first uh, first song that's written in the Bible, but also the first written thing in the scriptures. It must have been that um, when all of this happened, um, they wrote this down right away. And the reason why I say that because in chapter 15, verse 1, it says this, Then Moses and the sons of Israel sang the song to Yahweh and said, I will sing to Yahweh, for he is highly exalted, and uh, the horse and the rider he has hurled into the sea. The implication being that uh, right when they crossed over, right when they saw all the dead bodies float up to the top, they decided to sing this song. And there's something about a song that helps us remember things about the Lord. And in chapter 15, it starts out that way. They start singing the song, and a lot of the majority of this chapter really is about recounting God's faithfulness and His attributes. And then the last uh, end of the chapter um, really speaks about how they're forgetting uh, God's word and all that He's done. So for our study this week, what my hope is that uh, we're more in the first category, people that remember the Lord, remembering who he is or all the things he's done, as opposed to the second aspect. And we can also learn from the failures of those in the past. Those that forget God often fall into sin and compromise and doubt. Um, so it's, the, it's those times when things are difficult that you, you and I need to remember the goodness of God. And that's just going to be the struggle for the, in the Christian life. We're always going to struggle between remembering God's faithfulness and forgetting God's faithfulness. And then we go back in these cycles over and over again. It's just part of the Christian life and we wrestle with our sinful flesh. We go back and forth between remembering and forgetting. My hope in this study is that you will remember during those hard times uh, that you remember the goodness and the power and the might of our Lord. So continuing on with the study. Chapter 15, verse 2, And Yahweh Yahweh is my strength and song. He has become my salvation, uh, and this is my God, and I will praise him, my God's, my Father's God, and I will extol him. So there's this connection here between uh, Mo, uh, Moses and Israel singing this as a way to remember the fact that they're worshiping a God that was their father's God. This is a continuation of all the, of the same God. It wasn't like this God appeared out of nowhere. Uh, but it's something, he is someone that had existed uh, in previous generations. In fact, just briefly looking back at verse 1, you'll see that in the, in the, when the song that begins with, I will sing, this is actually, uh, it could be translated, I must sing. I must sing to Yahweh um, because he wants to show God's power uh, over all of the other gods. He wants to show that he's supreme. In fact, it's just a reference for yourself if you need. Uh, just, just know that a lot of times when these songs are written, they're always devoted with the covenant name of God. Yes, the name God will show up here multiple times, uh, but generally when they want to identify specifically who the God, 
excuse me, the God of Israel is, they will say Yah, <coughs> Yahweh. Verse 3, uh, Yahweh uh, is a warrior. The Lord, uh, Yahweh is his name. Uh, and this is supposed to be a reference that in a battle, in a world that's just filled with wars and battle, that Yahweh is the warrior that they need to uh, hide behind. And it's interesting, even at the end of this verse, it says his name. This is really his identifying who he is. Because remember when Moses uh, was during the burning bush, and since they asked, he asked uh, Yahweh, what is your name? Um, and this is him say, basically referring back to that moment where he's saying, who is Yahweh? He is, I am, the great I am. That's his name. Uh, and that's who he is. He is our God. Verse 4 pharaoh's chariots and his army he cast down he has cast down into the sea the choices of officers are drowned in the red sea and this is significant because it wasn't like uh it wasn't like egypt sent hit their like mall patrol men you know they, these were like the high end like the, the the seal team six or the you know the top military people to chase after the, the egyptians so they, these people know what they're doing they were trained killers you know the israelites they were just you know, they didn't have much to fight with they didn't have anything to fight with they're just like you know everything's packed with all their animals are running for dear life and these were the trained warriors and and fighters and and yahweh was able to drown all of them at sea um verse five the deep covers them uh and they went down into the depths like a stone um obviously if you know anything about a dead body is a uh, a light a, a living body actually sinks but a dead body floats so they went down like a stone but eventually if you look back at the end of 14 they, they surfaced up afterwards into the um into the surface or into the top of the water verse 6 your right hand yahweh is majestic in power your right hand yahweh shatters the enemy in your and in your greatness of your excellence you overthrow those who rise up against you uh, you send forth your burning anger, and it consumes them as chaff. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters were piled up. The flowing water stood up like a heap. The, the deeps were uh, congeal in the heart of the sea. Uh, so it's, it's just basically showing that God has power over nature, and like the other gods, um, you know, God Yahweh has was able to defeat every single one of them. He has control over every, everything. The uh, first night, the enemy said, I will pursue, I will overthrow, I will divide this spoil. My desire will be grafted against them. I will draw out my word. My hand will over will, will destroy them. Um, and now this is what's fascinating is that these are the enemies. They're saying that, you know, this is just the general attitude of the Egyptian army. They will pursue uh, the Egyptian. They, the Egyptians will pursue the Israelites and they will find them and they'll, and they'll destroy them. They'll get back the gold that they lost. But then verse 10, you blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank uh, like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you among the gods, O Yahweh? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in praise, working wonders? You stretch out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. In your loving kindness, you have led the people whom you have redeemed. In your strength, you have guided them to your holy habitation. Again, this is all talk about how God protected them. And it's a recurring theme just about how you know, the, the, the enemy was about to kill them, and then they, and the, the Lord provided a supernatural means to deliver them by crossing this Red Sea. Peoples have heard. They tremble. Anguish have gripped the inhabitants of uh, Philatia. And this is interesting, too, because, actually, I have verse 15. Then the chief of Edom were dismayed. The leaders of Moab trembling grips them, and the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon all 
uh, of, of terror and dread fall upon them by the greatness of your arm they are motionless as stone until your people pass over O yahweh until the people pass over whom you have purchased now this is all redemption language and also like um the fact that the world has understood who yahweh is this is not something that's isolated this is why when people say things like oh why did the old testament god killed all those people why does he permit genocide it wasn't like ignorance these people did not the people that uh, uh, god went against these foreign nations it wasn't ignorance um they, they did not know they, they it's not like they did not know who yahweh was they've heard about it they knew what happened to Egyptians. they probably just looked at the red sea and see all these bodies and they look out and they see this whole mob of people with uh, a fire cloud uh, a cloud in the daytime and fire at night they knew who yahweh is and yet at the same time they did not repent they thought that their god was able to withstand against yahweh but yet god promises them that he will protect them in verse 18 you Yahweh shall reign forever and ever. This is assurance for the Old Testament saints as well as the new that our God will reign forever. For the horses of Pharaoh with his chariots and his horsemen went into the sea, and Yahweh brought back the waters on the sea on them, and the sons of Israel walked on dry land through the midst of the sea. Miriam the prophetess Aaron sister took the uh, temple in her heart, and all the women went out after her with uh, tambourine. Tem timbrel timbrels uh with their dancing so miriam was like this is actually the first and the only time not the only time this is the first time where uh miriam um, moses sisters is actually addressed by name here um she's a prophetess the lord used her to in a very unique way to be like almost like a worship leader to declare the goodness of god and faithfulness of god's work verse 21 miriam answered them sing to yahweh for he is highly exalted the horse's rider had he has hurled into the sea Again, this doesn't make sense to us because we don't really care about horses so much. We adore them and like them. We also this equivalent now would be like, oh, he threw away the tanks and sank the submarines and took down the the fighter jets and and you know just taking out all the nuclear weapons. That's like the the equivalent um, of what it was like back then. But then this is after the song of singing about how the Lord delivered them from water. At the end of verse twenty-two to twenty-seven, we see that they are afraid of not having water. Verse 22, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days into the wilderness and found no water. Again, this is actually, I mean, it's understandable, right? Like three days without water, they're, pro they're probably really scared. Uh, what is strange, though, is that they didn't actually ask God right away. In fact, they did something that all of us are naturally tend to do, and that is we complain. Uh, when they came to uh, Merah, they could not drink the water of Merah, for they were bitter, therefore it was named Merah. And this is, his name should be familiar because it's in Ruth, the book of Ruth, uh, when it's from Naomi, when she lost all her family, she called herself Mary, which means bitter. Verse 24, so people grumbled at Moses saying, what shall we drink? Then he cried out to Yahweh and, the, and Yahweh showed him a tree and he threw it into the water and the water became sweet. There he made for them a statue and regulation and there he tested them. And he said, if you will give ear, uh, or if you will give earnest he to the voice of Yahweh your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians nor I Yahweh am your for I Yahweh am your healer then they came to Elam where uh, uh, where there were twelve springs of water and seventy date palms and they camped there beside the waters
again, it's because the cycle of forgetting and remembering and forgetting and remembering just the beginning. But I do hope that as we look through the study and actually even for the next several weeks, as we go through each of the things that the Lord provides and how they all complained, I want us to look uh, in our own hearts and see how, where we fall short. And that we need to remember God's goodness in light of things that are difficult. So that when those difficult times, we don't grumble, but we cherish, that we use and recall the things that God has done in our life so we can continue to endure and trust in Him. I look forward to these studies in these several weeks as we study and look at God's faithfulness in light of our own fallenness. Take care. Hope this was helpful and have a blessed week. Thank you.